Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am Reek. What you doing? How you doing? How you been? First and foremost, water. You need it. You gotta have it. You can't live without it. That's just what it is. It's not Casamigos, it's not Henny. It's not fucking sparkling apple cider, if you're one of those people. It's water. Please put some in your body. Do it for me. I need you to be around. Secondarily, please rate, review, and subscribe to my program here. No matter what channel you're listening to, you can like it or subscribe it or something just to show that you're really fucking with the movement. If you're listening to me on the Apple Podcast app, Leave me five stars. Anything underneath five stars, I would have to believe you have hatred in your bloodstream. Last but not least, email me, goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com. This particular episode, I'm going to devote to my father. My father emailed me three separate emails. He must have been on a roll that day. And because he is my father and he does deserve an episode, I'm going to utilize all three of these emails to get the shit started today. And if I have some more time after the third email, I'll get into another one. But as long as these shits are, I doubt I'll be able to. So let's get to the first one. What's up, good brother Reek? How's life in the Big Apple? It's been a minute since I've reached out. This is Mr. West Palm Beach or your work release located father. I wanted your take on states opening up uh, too early. Arona is still making it do what it do. States not mandating face masks and gloves. And who do you think is the best candidate to lead this country into 2024? The last question is personal. How do you really feel about finally being able to build a relationship with your with your 10 months from now free father whose prevalence in your life hasn't been all that relevant? I also would like to add to your audience that your good looks and charming personality and sense of humor definitely comes from yours truly. Take care, much love, and I'm looking forward to hearing your insight on all the aforementioned statements. Hmm. That's a lot that you put in there, Pops. So, let's uh, answer this shit one by one. Um, in regards to states opening up too early while Rona still doing is still doing what it do, um, that's very simple. It's all a cash game. If you watch any television show, if you watch any YouTube video, if you watch any Facebook video, if you have any conversation with anyone at any time, whether you're married, single, divorced, whatever, the world is generated on commerce. If the commerce start stops, the world stops, and people cannot afford the world to stop. Now, to the man who's not educated, you would think like, all right, if nobody's making money, we should all just stop spending and none of us lose anything. You don't have to pay rent if the person who owns the land doesn't have to charge you any rent because that person isn't getting charged. If if it was just like this, look, y'all, every single bill that you have, every single whatever, Nobody needs to spend any money outside on groceries for three months. This would not be happening. Nobody will be losing money because nobody has to. Nobody will be losing money because nobody's giving any money out. The world's on a freeze. I mean, that's the one thing that I feel that nothing happened. Nobody negotiated a freeze like from the months of March to June. 
I believe it should have been mandated that everybody has a 90 day probationary period not to pay anything. Now, some people did that, but not everyone. And we all need to be on one accord. The only people that should have been charged are restaurants and, um, you know, those small mom and pop shops because they still got to pay for things in order to resell it. But unless he was in those capacities to where it was uh, essential for you to either feed someone, you know, you need to do renovations to your home, things of that nature. Everything should have came to a halt because it didn't and because rent was still out there and because money still needs to be generated because the mind of a millionaire and a billionaire is not the mind of me and you. They don't see the fact that they have 50 million. They see the fact that they don't have 150 million. So because they see the fact that they don't see 150 million, greed comes. And then when you're looking at the landscape and when you have people from Harvard and Yale and this institute and this research center and it's coming across that five percent of americans are getting corona and two percent are dying from it and i mean if you see a number like two hundred thousand dollars i'm sorry if you see a number of two hundred thousand people dying but the vast majority of people aren't you just want to play the odds at that point and that's all we are we're the odds we're the numbers we're not looked at as people there's too many of us and due to the fact that we all have in our mind that death is inevitable anyway, you losing your life isn't that big of a deal to someone who's trying to generate some commerce. So I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I definitely understand that niggas got to get this bread no matter what. And if your grandmother got to die so we can still get some revenue generating in this place, then so be it. All right. State's not mandating face masks and gloves. Uh, that shit is moronic. That shit is idiotic. I don't even understand. I saw a picture. I think Mark Cuban on his Twitter um, reposted it. It's two people naked. One person takes a piss on the other person. It's like there's nothing stopping the urine from getting to the other person. Right? Now, the person takes a piss onto someone who's wearing jeans. It says the urine isn't fully getting on that person who's wearing the jeans, but some of it is getting on the jeans. So some of the urine will go through the jeans and will hit the person. Then it showed two people wearing jeans and it showed that person taking a piss. And the piss only got to his jeans. The piss didn't go on the other person's jeans person then get on the other person's skin and that's the analogy we need to have in regards to these face masks it's not about me it's not about you it's about us if i keep what i got insulated and you keep what you got insulated we cannot have a third party be infected by what we might have and that's when the rambunction comes to a close so when you have these white people that do white people stuff and they're talking about the civil liberties are being disrespected because they're because people ask them very politely, keep your virus to your fucking self. That just shows where we at. It's a contact disease and it's airborne. It's both. It's both airborne and contact. You have to go through it. It has to touch you in order for you to be infected by it. So if it's not mandated, if you would have some gloves on, if it's not mandated, if you'd have a face mask on. And you're leaving things up to interpretation and to chance. No real progress is happening. We don't have to have phase, phase two, phase three, phase four. If everybody just got on the same accord. 
you know, between the months of March and June, if you have to go outside, wear a face mask, wear some gloves. Do that for three months straight. Life goes back to normal. But people don't want life to go back to normal because people are silly and dumb and they're fucking moronic. And it... anyway, um, who do I think is the best candidate to lead this country to 2024? I still believe it's Bernie. Now, I'm probably not politically inclined. I'm probably not the best person to ask about this. But just from what I'm seeing, just by the behavior of Trump, the dementia of Biden, the track record of Biden, how flip floppy he is, like every politician is. It seems, though, Bernie Sanders is the only person who actually cares. He just lost the momentum because everything about running for any type of office is campaigning, campaign dollars. Who can you get in your pocket? Who can support you? Who can back you? Who do you got to do backdoor favors for? When laws and tra- and legislation is changed to benefit the higher ups, the higher ups are the people that's putting these people in office to begin with. It's one hand washed the other, both washed the face. But Bernie Sanders looked like the only person that actually was going to help everybody universally, because the one critique of Obama, the one critique of Bush. Whoever have you, Clinton, is the fact that the people who are getting benefited, it's very singular. Singular people are being benefited, but not people as a whole. Bernie Sanders was saying things that could help people as a whole, like student loans. Student loan is crippling student loans are crippling our country. It was told to him that this shit would be impossible. Coronavirus happens, two trillion dollars pop up out of nowhere. How impossible is it? It's not about impossibilities, about what the white people really want to do. And once you really start connecting those dots, how Bernie Sanders was looked at as a madman, and he went on show after show after show and said, this is the way that we can cancel student debt. We have to tax um, stocks, stockholders and shit like that, just like a 1% tax. If we do that over 10 years, we wipe out the trillion dollar deficit. No, that's not possible. The economics ain't right. We get into coronavirus, big menses are saying like, yo, we want a month without making money. Okay, here's a billion dollars, here's two billion dollars, here's fifty billion dollars. Matter of fact, let's print up two trillion and give everybody in America twelve hundred dollars. Just like that. Stop thinking shit is impossible, yo. And another analogy I'll give you is this. All our lives, we know at least one person that got an open cup ticket, walking around with an open container coronavirus happens you're allowed to walk around with an open container so is walking around with an open container really illegal or is that just another way to tax you for some fucking bullshit something for you to think about the last question is personal how do you really feel about being able to build a relationship with your 10 months from now free father whose prevalence in your life hasn't been all that relevant it actually feels surreal you know um, one of the last times I saw you before I came to come see you in prison, I want to say that was three years ago at this point. It was two or three years ago. I want to say it was either 2018 or 2017 is I was 13 years old and I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, you and my mother were having conversations. You and my aunt were having conversations and um, you came to me. And I was in the middle of my growth spurt and I had braids and I was taking swimming lessons. And you laughed at the fact that I was taking swimming lessons, but 
Now, I mean, it is what it is. At least I can swim now. And you were saying to me, like, yo, I'm tired of you always being up here and you don't know 50% of your family. And this summer, you're coming down to spend a month with me. This was, I want to say, in July. I was supposed to spend August with you, if I'm not mistaken. It was that summer that you committed the crime that sent you up top for 18 years. And I didn't see you from 13 to 27. And that shook me. And it took for me to get to about, I want to say 26 years old, to really have that forgiveness for you for abandoning me. I wasn't feeling that shit at all. That the only connection I had with your side of the family was my grandmother and my little brother and my little sister. That was it. That was the extent of the people who I knew. And um, I came to peace with that. Because there's people who are orphans. There's people whose parents just abandoned them. Or even worse, there's people that come up in two-parent households and they hate both their parents equally. Their parents are abusers. Their parents are drug addicts. Their parents uh, are just everything under the sun that's just hellacious and foul. And I even questioned if you was my father at one point, and not because of like anything theoretical, but just out of pain and just out of uncertainty. And like, yo, how could this man who put me here just not be here? Why is he gone? What happened? Who the fuck gets locked up for this amount of time? Nigga, who are you? You know what I'm saying? And once I got older and I had experiences for myself, and I understood what being a parent really is. It's two people having sex and deciding to keep it. Nothing more, nothing less. What you decide to do after that is what you decide to do. But once you have sex with someone and they decide to keep it and unborn, you're now a father. Now, you don't have to act on it. Same thing my mother. She doesn't have to act on it. No parent has to act on it. You don't have to do anything. But... Being a parent is pretty much put on this pedestal. It's sensationalized. Like, you look at your parents as superheroes because, you know, in your mind, and chemically, you guys share something that no other person in the world can share. You guys share DNA. You guys came together and made me. So chemically, I'm bound to you guys. That comes from my mind, my body, my soul, whatever. I wouldn't be here if it was not for you guys. But once you're in a position to where you have homeboys that don't take care of their kids. You have homeboys that take care of their kids. You have homeboys that get pregnant and have abortions. You have homeboys that are... You have homeboys that end up um, taking care of kids that aren't theirs. The one thing that's prevalent in all the cases... It's the fact that a kid is there, and a kid is there as a result of a sexual decision made by two parties. So once I got the sensationalism of fatherhood out of my mind, and once I got the sensationalism of parenthood out of my mind, and it really came to my attention that it was just two people that were in college that had sex, was feeling each other, and had me, things became a lot easier to deal with, and that's when I was more open to seeing you. Because I was just so upset that I, I wasn't able to just have, like, my pops around. You know what I mean? It wasn't even, like, upset. It was just a void because I couldn't put a finger on it because it's nothing I'd never experienced before. And I was like, wow, this is 
I mean, I'm guessing there's most people that just came up. Like, the thought of having two parents, to me, sounds crazy. I can't even envision having both the people that created me in the same house together. That doesn't even compute. So once I started just break it down in my own way of understanding, it's been better for me. And that's why I've been more receptive to speaking to you on the phone, because I'm getting to speak to the person who is just that, a person. And as far as my sense of humor and my good looks, I won't take that away from you, brother. You tell me that you do used to do your thing in the day and all that type of shit. So, you know, the genetics had to come from somewhere. But I did put some spice on it. Now, I mean, you gave me the pizza recipe, but I put the special sauce on pizza. Now, I mean, the pizza, now, I mean, it was good money. Customers are still coming back to the pizza shop. But I found the herbs and the spices to put some razzle-dazzle in the sauce. Now, I mean, so, yeah. Next question from my father. Uh, do, 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 do. This is a long one. Uh, I said there was three emails, but one of the emails was just him correcting a typo. This one is long, and this is probably how I'm going to end the show. Shout out to Charles Birdsong, my pops. What it do, Reek? This is your father in work release. I want to get the meat before the potatoes about recent topics on your show. It's a sensitive subject that most men won't even talk about. Being taken advantage of or raped. I don't mean by a male because I'm in prison. And yes, I've seen it on more than one occasion. Prior to my incarceration, I was raped, taken advantage of by two women on two different occasions. Now, mind you, I'm 220. And on a bad day, 6'2". And on a good day... Nice from the hip with the hands. You can tell this nigga's a Floridian. However, most men won't admit that they were sexually assaulted. Hear me out. Long story short, was with a group of friends at a timeshare in Orlando for a week. One particular shorty, who was most deaf of good luck, had been trying to give me the goods for a long period of time. My purpose for not smashing, because there was a lot of smashing going on, and my state of mind was blended in disguise. Basically, I was on a run and staying out of prison, consumed by my daily thoughts. I fell asleep about 3 a.m. and awoke with a said good look shorty. I'm sorry, and I awoke with said good, look sh good looking shorty. Riding the totem pole. It's not like I said stop once I awoke. Uh, the whole shit went down. We took a shower together, then ate and chilled. It was then that I said it wasn't cool, and it was good. Pops, man, you got to use some more punctuation, my nigga. Come on. Come on, brother. I know you've been in jail for all this time, but you know the importance of question marks and periods and commas and semicolons. Come on, brother. You know I'm reading this shit out loud. All right. I don't know if you're... Okay, okay, okay. It was then I said that it wasn't cool. It was good. But what and how you did, it wasn't cool. I don't know if you're HIV positive. You don't know my status. Oh, that means she just got on top of you raw. All right. The sex we had wasn't consensual. Now, we had consensual after the fact, but I was raped. She apologized and we moved on. But I've been on some other shit like call the police. How do you think I would have fared? A 6'2", 220-pound nigga with dreadlocks and beefy calls police they come a fine shorty on the scene and I say she raped me. Imagine the looks on the cop's face. Now imagine me actually pursuing charges and how my male peers would view me. It doesn't happen to today's society, but it happens. Women aren't the only victims. There are, there are women predators. 
That's the meat. Now the potatoes are. I wasn't drugged. It wasn't a physical, forcible act. And I don't have any emotional or physical stars. Most men won't admit it or tell their stories because of the embarrassment. It will not may cause them. So in retrospect, rape and non-consent is self-explanatory, but it is not females. It happens to men too. Thanks, peace, love, and hair grease for my movement to yours, your pops. Yeah, man. Um, you know, there's a collection of women that can hear a story about a man being taken advantage of, and they'll view it as you're making a mockery of women that this happens to. And I understand where this comes from because physical domination is usually what coincides with rape, right? So there's sexual abuse, there's sexual coercion, there's sexual misconduct, there's forcible rape, there's statutory rape. There's different things for different scenarios. And that's why we need to broaden our vocabulary as a society to really get down to the root of what happened, right? So if you're in the psychology of a woman and if a man didn't forcibly fuck you, right? He comes in, you guys are chilling, had a great evening with one another. And uh, he's like, yo, after this great day, when we go to my house, we can chill some more. She says, cool. Now, if he hints at like, yo, if you don't give me no ass, you got to dip. Or if he acts irrationally, if things don't go his way, catches a hyper attitude, whatever. A woman in that point in time will probably give her body up one for the security of making it home for not wanting to like this got to dub her or whatever have you. Right. There's emotional coercion. There's all kinds of things that happen. But as far as men is concerned, it's not really viewed that you're being raped, especially when you're saying that you wasn't physically dominated or you wasn't drugged because just to a logical mind, it's like if you really wanted that woman off of you, if you really did want to get touched by that woman, more than likely, you're stronger than this woman, you're faster than this woman, you're more agile than this woman. You could forcibly take her off of you and then take matters into your own hands. So, I'm just thinking hypothetically here. If you was to report that to the cops, cops would look at you like, why would you get raped by somebody who didn't drug you, couldn't physically overpower you, and didn't have a weapon? What could she possibly have done to you to take your body from you? That is what it comes like because, you know, we view it as physically superior. But just off the strength of saying like, yo, I was asleep and I woke up, woke up to her on top of me. She could have gave me something sexually transmitted and I don't really feel safe with her. I want to press charges. That's a separate way of speaking. We just need to enhance the vocabulary. Right. So along with being along with saying you got raped. In regards to like how this can be pushed into society it's like yo one i don't know her from nothing two i would i did something i wasn't ready three i wasn't ready to cross that that threshold with someone four i was taken advantage of when i was sleeping so my consent wasn't given and five i don't know what the fuck you got you can have herpes you can have gonorrhea you can have chlamydia you can have aids you can have whatever the fuck but you took my decision to engage in this act with you you took it from me so now that i'm in i'm like fuck it I might as well just whatever, whatever. But yeah, man, just not saying something that's surface level is, I believe, going to be the way that we solve a lot of problems, right? Because we can't frame it like men get raped too. 
Because even with the delivery of that, it sounds as though women are being made a mockery of, that we don't take them seriously. Because it's a different set of circumstances, in my in my opinion. Not even in my opinion, I'm a fucking man. It's a different way that a woman can fuck me without my consent than it is for me to fuck a woman without her consent. You know what I mean? Now, if a woman has a knife or a gun or whatever, that's one thing. But, like, I, I, I don't think, I can't think of any man who would have sex with a woman out of fear. Right? So you can't say service level things like that because it makes it seem as though you under the similar set of circumstances that women are, the women are going through if they're taken advantage of right whether it be something emotional like yo i just i don't want you to go away from me because there's a there's a there's a there's a symmetry to that right like symmetrical in the sense that it could equally be I didn't want to lose you as a person. And if sex is what I need to have to maintain you, that I just gave the sex up, although I wasn't ready to do so. Or I had a fear of going home. Something is just, the symmetry lies in fear. There was fear of something. Fear of lack of companionship. Fear of lack of communication. Fear of not getting dropped home. Fear of physical harm. There's some type of fear in place. So the way that we can bring this to the light for men that have been taken advantage of it just adding that next sentence i don't know what shorty had i wasn't comfortable in this space i wasn't ready to do x y and z i was she pretty much made the decision for me and i just said fuck it you know what i'm saying we need to start using our words and not saying things like oh on the contrary men go through that too that's not how work it's done I mean, women and men go through a very different set of circumstances, but those circumstances need to be verbalized so the circumstances can be understood. All right. I think I did a good job there. Maybe I'm saying something out of hand, but what did I say that was so out of hand? I chose my words very carefully. Rape is to be taken seriously. Outside of killing someone doesn't get much worse than rape unless you get into like mutilation and cutting arms off and shit like that and hands and fingers and appendages or whatever but if i forcibly put my dick inside of you or if you forcibly put my dick put my dick inside of you or if i forcibly put my dick inside of you that's meaning and just reducing someone to rubbish you know what i'm saying so when speaking we cannot be lazy with the vocabulary we have to take that next step in being able to verbalize and articulate what actually fucking happened and putting it in a way that's palatable to the person that's listening. Peace and, peace and blessings. Pass the dressing. I'll speak to you niggas or 48.1. Holla.